Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 52, recorded May 29th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, we have the first pick of the Abloy Easy, a 200K club patch design, how to bypass the new Master 175, return of some in person meetups, a new black belt picker, speed locks, records, criminals that don't need to pick locks, lock picking criminals, sales, and giveaways. Remember, you can find the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can find a video version on YouTube. Links to all stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes, so you can find full show notes with links at thelocksportscast.com. A couple quick announcements. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Pocket Woman. The orangutan story last week that a lot of people seem to really enjoy was hers. And thank you very much. I just want to make sure she gets credit for that since everybody enjoyed it. Also, I have an interview episode with Tumblr about the origins of the Lockpickers United and the Lockpicking Subreddit's belt system. So if you are interested in knowing how that came about, uh, stay tuned for that episode. It releases Wednesday, June 2nd. And I wanted to thank Pyrolock for leaving a note in the Discord saying he finally got a response from Michael Maynard at Gorilla Picking. He was concerned because he, he hadn't seen a video in the last 9-10 months from Michael, and he was able to get a hold of him and confirm that everything's fine. He's just been really busy. And I think that's uh, it's good to know. There's a lot of people that have kind of come and gone from the Locksport scene, and you never know for sure what's happening sometimes. And it's good to check in with people every once in a while. You know, not everybody at once. You don't want to bombard them with emails, but it is nice to to know that they're okay at least and we have what appears to be the first public pick of the abloy easy by uh a person that i'm going probably going to butcher this name <laughs> i didn't hear I, I don't know how to say that um i'm sorry anyway uh put out a video called abloy easy pl330 picked and gutted and I was completely unfamiliar with what the Abloy Easy is, and it turns out that's because it's an actually a pretty new lock. Uh, this description comes from the lock wiki. The Easy is a disdetainer lock made by Abloy. The Easy cylinder allows the key to be turned only one direction. As such, it is primarily used in spring bolts, padlocks, and cam locks. It features a symmetrical convenience key with a large bow, available in blue, pink, yellow, purple, uh, the key displays a unique QR code for key control purposes. Identify, or one identifying element of the key is an oval-shaped hole through the blade near the tip. And it says it was announced publicly on April 16, 2021, superseding the Abloy Cento, and the patent expires in 2040. And when I woke up this afternoon to get ready to record this, I found that there had been another video posted on that channel from Layer 1, 2021, from the Lockpicking Village Abloy Easy Study Presentation. And it's really not a lot of talking during the presentation. Of, well, at least not the video he posted on his channel. It's probably one he was using for the, the presentation. But uh, really a lot of detail in there about how the lock works and the tool he had to make to pick it. Uh, very interesting. Check it out if it's still up when this video goes out. And last week... 
Packlock posted a poll on the subreddit to select the final design for the new 200k club patch. They had already picked four finalists from the designs that were submitted to them, and they allowed the Reddit users to vote on which one they preferred. Uh, Part of the post read, The four finalists have been chosen for the 200k patch contest. There were some creative submissions, and the Packlock team was very impressed at all the work put into the designs. In selecting the final design, we're not only looking for a creative way to express the lockpicking community, the 90A Pro, and Packlock, but also feasibility of the logo being stitched as a patch. The poll was only up for a very short period of time, but you can still head over and check out the poll results and see which design came out ahead. And as many of you know, I enjoy the creative things people make in Locksport. And Joshua Gonzalez shared this one with me. It is by Lambda2 Custom Pick on Reddit. A post they posted a video that is called the Lockpick Spy Pen, aluminum body inside a lockpick tool set tension tools pen clip. Basically, it's an a working aluminum bodied pen that acts as a container for the picks they make and a tensioner. Pretty creative, uh, simple design. I have several videos here to share that I thought were interesting this week. First is, was sent in to me by multiple people. This is the All About the Lock Picking Belt Ranking System by John Locke. I think it's a very good overview of the belt system and its general requirements, and very well-timed since I have my episode with Tumblr coming out this week that will go through the origins of the belt system. So if you're unfamiliar with the belt system, go ahead and check out that video by John Locke. Link, as always, will be in the show notes. Mr. Blackmagic has been keeping busy making his lock cam videos. His latest is on the Matura C30 dimple lock with a magnetic element. It's actually one of the pin stacks is replaced with a magnetic key pin and a magnet, and the spring is taken out in a space or put in place. He does a great job of describing how it works, how to pick it, and showing all the pieces. So another interesting one to check out. And Bosnian Bill did a review of Lock Noob's latest pick set with multi-pick. It's the Dual Peak Rake Kit. The description of the video says, we'll take a look at Lock Noob's new Dual Peak Pick Kit that is being produced by multi-pick in Germany. Designed for new pickers, it contains an excellent collection of Lock Noob designed rakes and picks that most new pickers will find useful. Anyway, if you're not familiar with the set, you can go check that out. Link to both that and the multi-pick site where you can buy it will be in the show notes. I also received a note from the professional hobbyist that said since Deviant and Lockpicking Lawyer both recently mentioned the new tighter tolerance Master 175 locks being harder to bypass, here's my solution using a tool made from 7,000 feeler gauge. It's a unique tool with a large hook on it. Anyway, it's hard to describe exactly how he uses it, so I will put a link in the show notes to his video. The video is called Master 175 Word Lock, Tighter Tolerances, but Still Bypassable. I will also include links to the Master video, Master 175 videos by Lockpicking Lawyer and Deviant that he references. And I was encouraged to see a post by Oak City Locksport this last week that said, man, it's awesome to be back together in person last weekend. Lots of regulars and many newbies getting back to our pre-pandemic venue, Sammy's Tap and Grill on Sunday, June 27th. Meetup post coming soon on the porch, unless it's too hot, otherwise AC in the back room. 
Anyway, it was good to see that some things are starting to get back to normal and people are able under certain circumstances to be able to get back in to in-person meetups. I think that's very encouraging and it'll be great when this is all over and we can at least get back to some semblance of a normal life. Moving on to the speedlocks.org records this week, we says we have a new world record for the Master Lock 140 by Plaz7 in 1.367 seconds. We also have first records for both the Dom IX Saturn by Reindeer in 8.74 seconds and the Abyss 6560 by Lemon in 8.1 seconds. They also announced that the first batch of speedlocks.org tournament locks are ready to be sent out. Moving on to the Lockpickers United belts this week, Memorian earned a brown belt. And we have a new black belt announcement that says, let's congratulate at Neff on achieving the rank of black belt with Lockpickers United. He picked his way through the Zeiss Icon WSW, the ASA Twin V10, the EVA ICS, a Bylock, the Urban Alps Stealth Key, and a Dom IX Twin Star. Make sure to ping him mercilessly and let our know, let him know our admiration for his accomplishment. Very, very well done. Congratulations to both of you. If you're not already familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, you can check out the video I mentioned earlier in this episode by John Locke, or just head over to the Lockpicking subreddit. They have a belt ranking information page over there that has all of the information. It is the definitive source. It's a lot of reading but it is all the details on how to earn the belts and all the locks in each of the rankings. So go check that out. And now it's time to say thank you real quick to the people that made this episode possible. We have, uh, first off, the Patreon subscribers. We have Bill N., Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starry Lock, Williams Brain, Dave to be deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell and Mog. Thank you to all of you. We have the chief content producer for this episode is Joshua Gonzalez. Outdid Cherell by just a hair this week to earn that spot. Other content producers for this episode are Cherell, Jeff and Things, Just a Picky Girl, Lockmaker Tattooer, Mr. Black Magic, Norlin, aka Michael Gilchrist, Pandafrog, Pocket Woman, Pyrolock, Rune, Rubber Band, Starrylock, Teherne, the professional hobbyist, and Tony Varelli. Thank you very much to all of you. Uh, just remember the show is only possible because of the information and support from the community. So if you value the podcast, the number one thing you can do to help keep it going is send in news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have, Locksport related. Either send it in as an email, a note on the Discord, post it on my Locksport News channel on my Discord, DM me, or just tag me on social media. Just at me on in a comment or a reply or whatever, and I should get a notification and see it. Unfortunately, I'm not on Facebook much. I really don't enjoy Facebook, so that one might not always work because I don't always remember to get over there and check it, but most of the other methods I do. You can also share the podcast with your lockpicking friends, either online or in person. If you do it online and tag me in it, I will make sure to get you credit in my giveaway like I do for the information. You can leave a review or a comment, or a thumbs up, or whatever the app you're viewing this on, or listening on, allows. You can subscribe or donate on Patreon or PayPal. If you do subscribe on Patreon, you do get a private RSS feed that allows you to get the episodes when they're finished, not their normal publish time. Just for reference, 
The Tumblr episode has been up since last Wednesday for the patrons. That's the only benefit I can give them, unfortunately. So I try to make sure they at least get that. A few things on the state of the podcast. I'm going to need your help making a little bit of a decision here. Up to this point, I've always tried to keep the show close to 30 minutes. Sometimes I don't have enough news and I frantically search for more to fill up the time. Others, I have more than will fit in that time. Sometimes I drop the less time-sensitive material to keep the show from running too long and then add it to a later show. But I thought maybe I shouldn't be doing that. So I'll put it to you. When I have more news than fits in an approximate 30-minute show, would you prefer I limit the news or run the show long? Just let me know what you think. I would appreciate it. If you listen to the audio version of the podcast, have you heard of Podcasting 2.0? It's a new initiative run by a small group that are adding some amazing features to podcasting, including chapters to help you find the part of the podcast you want to listen to. And it allows, on some apps, synchronizing of images in the app with the time. So basically, you can have static images cycle through while the podcast is playing. Those also can play on some of the car players. So if I mention something that has an image, I could throw that into a chapter potentially. They also have a transcript function that allows me to embed transcripts, sound bites, where you can add one or more sound bites within a podcast episode that can be used for previews, audiogram generation, episode highlights, stuff like that. A person tag that allows you to tag who the host is, who the guests are, makes it easily searchable. Um, it also is flexible enough to allow me to potentially embed uh, the full credits, who the producers and content producers were. There's also the value tag, which allows for value for value streaming payment system that enables the listeners on certain apps to send Bitcoin micropayments to the podcaster as they listen in real time. So it's you pay the podcaster tiny fractions of, of a cent for each minute that you listen to the podcast. You get to choose the rate on most apps. Anyway, really interesting stuff happening over there. To take advantage of the new features, you need to be using a compatible app. If you want to check it out, you can find a list of all the apps and features they support at newpodcastapps.com. If enough people start using Podcast 2.0 compatible apps, I will start putting a little effort into using some of those features for you. So if you are using a compatible app, you can let me know by email or a message, or just start streaming uh, sats via the value for value system, and I'll see that and know that somebody is using the app. If you would like to give me feedback, go to thelocksportscast.com slash contact, or just send me an email to podcast at thelocksportscast. If you want to send in a note to be read on the air, or a video, or an audio clip, just make sure that it's uh, appropriate for the podcast, and I will include that. As most of us know in the Locksport community, criminals don't necessarily need to pick locks to gain access to stuff. There are lots of methods that have been established in the Locksport community and the Red Demon community, and thieves are getting wise to these, probably have been for a long time, just hasn't been published. Anyway. This article from Japan was entitled Savvy Thieves Only Need a Key's Number to Gain Access. I'll just go over some of the highlights here. On May 10th, a former medical student, who's 37, was arrested for breaking into a condominium shared by several university co-eds. His interrogators say that between September 2014 and last January, the man had broken into 164 residences in order to pilfer articles of underwear. He reportedly told police, I broke into homes because I wanted a view of worlds that typically can't be seen. 
And they say that during his years as a student, he became aware that female students frequently left their handbags unguarded atop their desks. He would steal a glance at the numbers imprinted on keys or photograph them and use that code to create a passkey. He would then ask around to determine the owner's addresses, try and figure out where they lived. He would wait for an opportunity and break in just using the key. The article also quotes a spokesman for the Japan Lock Security Federation, who explained the original keys that manufacturers ship with locks are imprinted with a 10-digit alphanumeric code, so the system has been set up so that, in nearly all cases, spare keys can be procured by sales agents nationwide. There have been other cases. Also, in November 2020, Kobe police arrested a man in his 30s for repeated break-ins during which he stole over 4 million yen in cash and other items. His modus operandi was the same in that he was able to catch a glimpse of the numbers on his victim keys. Also, between February 2017 and August 2019, a staff member at a police forensics laboratory broke into the dormitory rooms of two female staff members on multiple occasions. When arrested, police determined he had used the same method for break-in. According to data from the National Police Agency, 3,309 incidents of break-ins occurred during 2016, in which entry was gained by use of a passkey. Even the so-called magnetic dimple keys, which are supposed to be able to thwart copying by potential thieves, appear to be vulnerable if their number can be obtained. The Japan Lock Securities representative was quoted as saying, These keys gained a wider use about 20 years ago when the number of burglaries due to lock picking became widespread. But with more sales of locks being made via the internet or mail orders, unauthorized people outside of official sales channels became involved, and even dimple keys could be duplicated once their number fell into the hands of the wrong people. The importance of maintaining security of numbers on keys cannot be overlooked. And I think that's something that has been highlighted in the Locksport community quite often. They give a few tips as to using a uh, duplicate key because the numbers stamped on them are usually shorter, it says, and not a full code, and a few other things. But anyway, interesting article, so you can go check that out if you want. And Just a Picky Girl sent in an article entitled, Woman Shares Phrase That Saved Her After a Scary Device Was Used to Open Her Hotel Door. Uh, Miss Bowers uploaded a series of clips to TikTok sharing the scariest experience of her life when she was just 15. She says she was on vacation in Maryland with her family when someone tried to get into her hotel room at the Hilton. She's now 19 and shared a clip of a device that she says they used, which is an underdoor tool. She went on to explain the situation she found herself in alone, wearing nothing but a towel. She said, I was staying in Ocean City at the Hilton, right there on the waterfront, and I went to go to the shower as the rest of my family was down at the beach. I was by myself. Before I could shower, I heard these noises. I went to go see what it was, and it was this contraption. I was just standing there in my towel, and this man opened the door. She said she didn't have time to process the situation, which is why she didn't grab the device, and she didn't have time to call the police. She recalled thinking, I'm in a towel right now, and someone is about to break in and get me. So the door opens a crack, and I just slammed it back shut and put the deadbolt on, she says whoever was on the other side of the door claimed to be services, saying they came to fix the door, which sounded a little sketchy to her. She says, I didn't have time to process anything, but my main thought was I'm in a towel and I'm literally naked. 
Do they have weapons? If I stop them, are they going to get mad and hurt me? I wasn't really sure of the situation. I was only 15. I wasn't thinking that fast. Apparently, the would-be intruders said, So they tell me your keycard is broken and we need to get into the room and fix your keypad for you. And so she opened the door a tad bit to see if it was a worker. It clearly wasn't. They were in jeans and a t-shirt. And she says Hilton keeps it pretty classy. She continued saying that her stepdad was a police officer. He taught her never to let people in when you're alone. She yelled, Hey, Dad, there's someone here to fix the door. And as soon as they thought that I wasn't alone and potentially my dad was there, they ran and they were gone. She says she wanted to spread safety awareness and she has urged people to always use the deadbolt in a hotel or college dorms. She also mentions that you can course get door stoppers and other devices so very scary situation lots of people have seen it i think it had something when this article was written with four million views so uh, definitely raising some awareness our crazy locksmith story for this week from american key supply reads the craziest locksmith customer experience i ever had was this one i got a job to unlock a car the lady told me over the phone that she was in a hurry because she had chicken in the trunk I got there within half an hour of her call, unlocked her vehicle, she opened the trunk, and there were two cages with dead chickens. It was so awful. She never mentioned the chickens were live, so we all figured she went to the grocery store shopping and needed to get groceries out. Reported it, but don't know whatever happened. In lockpicking criminal news, we've got several stories here. First off, police issued a warning about door lock types following a spike in burglaries in Leeds area. The West Yorkshire police have issued a warning to residents following an increase in burglaries in the area. A spokesman said, We've unfortunately seen a slight spike in burglaries in the Hurstford, Yaden, Rowden areas this week. The method in which the burglaries were attempted was consistent, mainly targeting properties fitted with Euro profile locks. There's no actual mention in the article of the exact method employed, just that it was all consistent. They encourage residents to follow their crime prevention advice on locks, which is basically use a three-star rated lock or a sold secure diamond standard lock for door handles. Handles achieving a two-star rating under the TS-007 should also be considered. You can change the cylinders yourself, but you have to make sure they are sized correctly. They should not be fitted so that they are left protruding from the door unit or handle. If you are going to get somebody to upgrade your locks for you, make sure to use the Master Locksmiths Association and always obtain three quotes for the fitting of new locks to the standards referenced and pick the one that best suits your circumstances. You may also be able to fit sash jammers to your doors, but be careful because some door warranties don't allow that, they say. We also have a story out of St. Louis Titled Thieves Break Into a Local Locksmith Business, Owner Hopes Surveillance Video Leads to a Quick Arrest. So Ron Kraus, second generation owner of Kraus Lock and Key, he said two of his vans were broken into and and locksmith tools were taken from the store and surveillance cameras were in plain sight and lights that shine at the front of the store that didn't seem to bother them. Surveillance video captured images of the suspects about 4 a.m., says Krauss believes what appears on surveillance video to be a unmarked tow truck leaving the scene was, was also part of the crime. Some items taken included locksmith tools used to gain entry to vehicle when keys are lost or stolen. 
And then a second follow-up story from St. Louis. They say St. Louis police believe a person who stole tools from a local locksmith also broke into a local tow company. Thousands of dollars worth of tools were stolen from St. Louis Tow Company, also caught on surveillance video. It looks like the same guy who hit the nearby locksmith Smith business. This one was around 1.45 a.m. on Monday. A white tow truck pulled up in front of the towing company. A couple of minutes later, man can be seen getting out of the truck and walking to the back of the building. In the video, you can see the man, what the man is wearing. It's the exact same thing he was wearing when he was caught on camera breaking into the locksmith company. He took tools that locksmith used to gain entry to a vehicle. At Hartman Towing, the thief took everything that you would need to tow a vehicle. Suspect spent about 10 minutes going through the boxes of the tow trucks. The thief stole about $5,000 worth of tools from two unlocked trucks. And yeah, so the owner says that they want to catch this guy, not only to get their equipment back, but they're also worried what he will do next now that he has all these tools. He has this, as they say, quote, he has the stuff to get into cars and he has the stuff to tow cars with. So looks like somebody is setting up for some serious crime there. And in California, Mendocino County Sheriff deputies say they conducted a traffic stop on a vehicle for an equipment violation in Ukiah, California. Deputies contacted the driver, the sole occupant of the vehicle. As the suspect exited the vehicle to speak with deputies, they observed illegal drug paraphernalia in the driver's seat area of the vehicle. They searched the vehicle for further evidence of drugs. During the search, they found a live 12-gauge shotgun round. Also in the vehicle were several tools commonly used to commit burglaries. These include a lockpick gun and an inflatable door wedge. Records check on the suspect revealed he was previously convicted felon, prohibited from possessing firearms and ammunition. Deputies arrested him for being a felon in possession of ammunition and for being in possession of burglary tools, and he was booked into the local jail to be released on zero bail after the booking process in accordance with COVID-19 bail schedule set forth by the State of California Judicial Council. And in Cleveland, police have arrested a man who is accused of impersonating a officer. The spokesman for the police department said the suspect was wearing a gun, fake badge, and driving a white Ford Crown Vic with flashing lights in the front windshield when he stopped a driver Monday night on Greenwood Avenue for failing to stop at a stop sign. The victim gave his license to the suspect and then called 911 once he walked back to his vehicle. Cleveland police responded to the scene, finding a flashlight, taser, two sets of handcuffs, badge, and lockpicking kit. All the items were seized along with the vehicle. He was taken into custody, booked into the Bradley County Justice Center. He is charged with criminal impersonation. And in a statement from the Cleveland Police Department, they say while officers may not look uniformed in some cases. They possess department-issued gear and identification that can be produced at any time. Another way to verify the identification of an officer is to call 911 or the non-emergency number to verify the legitimacy of an officer and or traffic stop. So always keep that in mind if you have any suspicions that you are not dealing with a real police officer. In sales this week, we have a couple of Memorial Day sales. Southord has 20% discount on selected items with the code MEMORIAL20. That is good from May 28th to Wednesday, June 2nd. And I will have a link to the the sale page on that. Lockpickshop.com has a 15% off everything, including sale items. 
multi-pick items excluded, so I don't know how everything excludes anything, but anyway. Use the code LPSMD2021. That expires Monday 31st at midnight Pacific. So if you're getting this episode right away, you still have time. If not, sorry you missed it. The usual ones were 3dlocksport.com, 10% off with the code LSCAST10. And Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. UK Lock Pickers, 10% off with the code GIFT. I didn't have time this week to check to make sure those still work, but they've been working forever. I have no reason to think it will change. Giveaways this week, same as last week. So I'll just go over them real quick. Mr. Black Magic has his Lock Magic 200 giveaway where he's giving away a lock cam and a few other things. Uh, if you don't know the rules, go check out the link in the show notes or listen to one of my previous episodes. Rune has his giveaway where he gives away one of his challenge locks that he's picked the previous Saturday. He gives one of those away every Saturday. Check that out. Panda Frog's May video is still active for a very short period of time, and I expect his June one will come up shortly afterwards. So go check those out on his site. CLK Supplies, their hashtag LockBoss giveaway runs every week. Starlock and Pocket Woman are still doing the Shoutout Monday series where they highlight channels with fewer than 100 subscribers, try to incentivize people to go check them out. And you can see those on Starlock and Pocket Woman's sites. I know Starlock maintains a playlist that contains both of theirs. So you can go check that out. It's a quick and easy way to go through it. They are also adding a special prize this month in addition to the 20-pound Law Lock Tools gift certificate. Pocket Woman is adding a prize for a couple of lighted followers that she made herself. Of course, I have my giveaway still running. I know I'm behind on doing the videos. I've been really busy. Um, but the Lock Sportscast giveaway, one of my custom pack lock 100As, or a $20 gift code for hoogankeys.com. So check that out at giveaway.thelocksportscast.com. So thank you for listening. Remember, the show needs your support to exist so get that information into me um, doesn't matter if you think it everybody shared it or you think it's too small send it anyway I'll check it out if it fits I'll put it in uh, don't have your feelings hurt if I don't include it though because I might have to start trimming some stuff here and there uh, that's it thank you and keep it legal <laughs>